Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Oh, Jason Mackey brought to you by Westminster College, where real experiences lead to real success. Jason Mackey is in uh, San Diego uh, getting ready to depart or come back to uh, Pittsburgh after the Pirates uh, won a series against the Padres 2-1. to one. And Jason, I think I said it earlier today, as soon as the game was over, if the Pirates could only play the Padres every game, they might be like 110-52 and 52 by the end of the season. They'd be a playoff team, Paul. They'd be on a roll. Then the, 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 the magic from the 20-8 and eight start would be recaptured if they could play the Padres. I don't know what it is about these guys. Um, oddly, they're not very good, despite walking through San Diego and looking at a billboard with Bogarts, Tatis Jr., Machado, Darvish, Soto. I don't know how a team with all those players on it can be not good, but they're not good. Yeah, I mean, again, they they just they're, – they're really one of those teams that um, we, we, we call – uh, was it the Mets? Was it the Mets that someone wrote a book about called The Worst Team Money Could Buy? Is that Was that the Mets yeah. team, that Mets team that they're – I believe so. That had a bunch of like a, like a ridiculously high payroll and a bunch of guys who were on uh, really big contracts that st- and the team actually stunk? Was that, I'm pretty sure it was them, wasn't it? Yeah, and I mean, if it's not, it should be. Whether it's the Padres or the Mets this year, I, that's actually a fascinating storyline with Major League Baseball this season. The teams that have spent the most money have gotten the least out of it. Um, I think Pirates fans should honestly take note of it a little bit. I mean, obviously the payroll is never going to be terribly high, and you can be mad about the Pirates and decisions they've made. That's not, you know, I'm not saying any of that to, to like absolve them, but it's not necessary to spend money in Major League Baseball. You see it year in and year out, and sometimes it's stupid to spend that much money. I would much rather see them draft well, develop well, find kids who come up and contribute. They've done that to some degree. I don't think they've been perfect with it. They've certainly made mistakes, but, you know, I I look at it like, you know, Paul Skeen, to put it in that context. They have an opportunity to get that kid, get him up here, let him pitch, um, see what he does. I think he's going to be really good, but they need to be leveraging picks like that, players like that, and bringing them up here while they're young. Right. Uh, it does help, though, to be able to spend a little bit of money from time to time. A little bit. A little bit. Go out and get players, right? Go out and go get players. Go out and go get a few players. I mean, uh, the Bravos, uh, what, what is their payroll like, the Braves' payroll? Yeah, I, it's obviously 100-plus. 160, maybe? I'm going off the top of my head. I mean, the Braves, to me, like that, I mean, that, that's the, the 
that's gold, right? Like they, they draft guys, they find guys, they develop guys, and then they also go out and get guys and sign guys. And the contracts, by and large, are pretty good. It seems like every contract they sign is six years, $80 million. Like, you know, to, for really, really good players. I mean, that's, that should be your organizational model right there. And if I'm the Pirates, like, you know, yeah, you probably want to start with, like, the, the Rays situation. I mean, obviously the Reds have done a tremendous job developing what they have, like the good version of the A's. Obviously not the, the version now of the A's, but, like, seven years ago, you might want that one. Um, the, the Cleveland Guardians, I mean, they've been a great example of, you know, keeping your payroll near, near a certain level and being able to grow young kids. So, yes, that's part of it. And then, you know, ideally on the back end, like you're saying, be able to spend a little bit on top of that. Well, the next team they play is, uh, I think, the Phillies, and they've been a team that's actually spent some money, and they've had a little success. But um, it's interesting, like you say, San Diego just seems to be a team that is a high-payroll team that's not very good. Yeah, I don't understand it. I really don't. Um, you know, I, I was concerned with the Pirates coming in here and you Darvish being on the mound. I've seen you Darvish pitch quite a bit over the years, and that did not look like you Darvish. Um, you know, Soto had the home run last night. Machado has been really good in July. But other than that, there's just not much. Um, you know, their lineup has a bunch of names that everybody knows. But I, I don't know, man. Like, I, I, Hassan Kim, I saw something earlier today. He's now the baseball reference leader in wins above replacement. You sprinkle him in with Soto and Cronenworth. And, I mean, this is not a bad team. Gary Sanchez has been something for them behind the plate. Their pitching staff has some names. They've got Josh Hader in the bullpen. Like, I, I, I can't present a reason why this team has been unable to win games other than baseball is a weird sport and you kind of need a lot of things working simultaneously, be it pitching, hitting, base running, defense, all that stuff, and they haven't been able to do it. Yeah, I mean, uh, there's, there's, there's no question. It's, uh, if you're a fan of the Padres, you've got to be frustrated just – because uh, exactly all of the things you're talking about, they've got a lot. Uh, they've got enough good players. They should be better than they are. Uh, interestingly enough, when I turn on the Pirates these days, there are some guys I literally have to look at and say, "Who the hell is this guy?" Um, <laughs> they, they've they've really done a pretty good job of turning over their roster, and I mean, most of them are all young guys, right? That they're bringing up. Yes, yes, we're at that stage of the season, I guess, where. People who aren't there every day say, who the heck is Alika Williams? Um, yeah, he's probably one. I mean, Alika Williams looked like he just hopped off his skateboard outside of the park and, you know, ashed a cigarette or something. I don't know. But I I, I really like the kid. He can play a solid shortstop. Um, and a great at bat last night against Hater. But, yeah, and they turned over the roster quite a bit. This is by design. I don't have any problem with it. I think this is the direction the Pirates should be going. Um, I, I want to see what these guys can do from now until the end of the season. To me, that's going to constitute progress or not. And I get asked that question a lot. Like, how do we know if this season has been a success? Well, this season has been a success if Quinn Priester starts, gets better, and sets himself up well for 2024. Same for Andy Rodriguez, Henry Davis, Jared Triolo, Nick Gonzalez. Um, you know, I'd like to see more out of established guys. Keep Brian Hayes, Brian Reynolds, et cetera. I'd like to see the veterans on one-year contracts being traded, flip them, get something back for them, or whatever. But you're right, Paul. I mean, they've turned over the roster a lot to young guys, and they've got some intriguing young guys that I think they, they obviously have some work to do in terms of growing up and, and taking steps forward. I don't think anybody's shy about that. But 
what they do the end, you know, from now until the end of the season. If you're a Pirates fan, at least to me, it's worth watching. I don't know. I, I, of course, I get paid to do it, so it's easy for me to say it. But there should be some intrigue there. Um, do you think that? Um, do you think that uh, what's his name, Jared Triola? Do you think he's a guy that actually figures into the futures? I don't know. Um, I don't think the immediate future. I think. See, Brian Hayes is, is rehabbing in Indianapolis. Everybody knows that, and I don't think it'll be particularly long. Um, if he's back at some point this weekend, I wouldn't be shocked. So what that means in context of Triolo is you're going to, you know, does Triolo do enough to stay up here and play? I think for now that's the case. But I think his reps at third base are going to be limited. Uh, maybe they'll ease Hayes into it a little bit. But, I mean, they need to get him established and get him doing some stuff. The one thing I don't necessarily love about Triolo, and I love his defense, it's great. and He's been making decent contact, but there's been zero power. And I don't know if that's something that's ultimately going to cause his undoing. And that's why I, I sort of hesitate when saying he can be a part of this thing, because he does everything else well. He runs well, he fields well, he's a smart baseball player, he makes decent contact, but just there hasn't been much slug there. So if he can get to that, and it's probably, like I said, going to have to come from another place, maybe first base. That'll, you know, be dependent on trading Santana or Choi after next Tuesday. But, um, you know, he's certainly intriguing to me. I just, I'm, I'm not quite ready to anoint him with a spot quite like I might be uh, Henry Davis or Andy Rodriguez at this point. We have kind of an idea who's uh, the second baseman, the third baseman, and the uh, shortstops, and even the catcher, you know, going forward here. Uh, we have a pretty good idea because they've got a number of players that are in the mix there. The number one question that people have, who is this team's first baseman going forward? I don't think we know. I don't think we know, and that's okay. Um, I think it can be a couple different guys. I think Triolo would be one that maybe fits there. Um, Andy Rodriguez, if he doesn't stick behind the plate, could be a possibility. But everything I've seen from Andy makes me want to see more of him behind the plate. There's a kid that probably casual fans don't know a lot about, but his name's Malcolm Nunez. He was the other half of the um, Jose Quintana, Chris Stratton trade last year. He's the most, mostly come up through the Cardinals system, has a ton of power. He's a real big kid, had a shoulder injury just when he was getting hot in May, um, and he's working his way back. So remember that name, Malcolm Nunez. He could be a first base option as well. Um, I mean, a lot of times with this stuff, Paul, and you know this, like you end up shoehorning a guy over there because his bat's good. And I don't know if that, you know, if that's Triolo because Hayes comes back, I think you could do worse defensively. If that's Andy because they need a place to put him, cool. If that's, I don't know, Neil Cruz because his ankle comes back and it's kind of funky. I don't have any indication that's happening. I'm just saying that, you know, a lot of times you can stash a bat over there. So I look at first base and just think TBD with this team. Well, I could see that, obviously. Um, is, is, is Henry Davis, you know, just going to basically uh, continue to try and get better in right field because it looks like that might be where they, they have him, you know, basically uh, slotted for uh, the for foreseeable future? Yeah, I think that's the way this is trending. I do. Um, I think there was some hope. And talking to Henry about this yesterday morning about the catching dynamic, and he still catches bullpens. He was actually complimentary of Austin Hedges and how much Austin has helped him do that stuff. And he tries to as much as possible. But one quote that kind of stuck with me from Henry, he said, my team needs me to be the best right fielder I can be and be a better right fielder right now than I've been. And so he's been spending a lot of his time on right field and, and takes it very seriously. He knows he has work to do. He enjoys doing the work. And, 
you know, I don't think there's any question that Henry Davis should be in their lineup every day and should be up here and all that stuff. It's just a matter of where he plays. And I think they're probably best constituted, honestly, with Henry and Wright and Andy behind the plate. So, yeah, I expect this to continue that way from here until the end of the regular season. I mean, maybe if something changes with Andy, if he gets hurt or doesn't perform well or something, they change. But, you know, if all things currently hold, I think you see Henry and Wright. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I don't think there's any question about that when I look at it from that standpoint. Uh, you know, we've read some different rumors about people being interested in some of the Pirates players uh, for at the trade deadline. What do you expect to happen at the trade deadline for the Pirates? Do you think they'll be able to move a couple of these guys or no? I do. I do, and I think they'd like to move them. I think they'll be able to move them. Uh, but I don't mean Keller or Bednar. I think that's silly season stuff coming out and, you know, people saying they're listening on that. I, I tweeted something to that effect. I mean, they listen on a lot of things. doesn't mean a deal's getting done, but the names we're talking about here, Santana, Hill, Choi, Hedges. Um, and I, yeah, it, it doesn't make any sense for them to hold on to Santana. I do think there'll be market, a market for Hill. He's pitched well enough and has enough of a reputation. I think somebody would give them something for Rich Hill. I don't know about Choi. He's the question mark in my mind. He might wind up staying just because, like, he, his contract kind of stinks. Uh, and, you know, he hasn't hit left-handers typically all that well. And he's probably like a DH bench player, and he's expensive for that. So I don't, I don't know if they'll be able to move that. I actually think they'll be able to move Hedges. And maybe I'm insane, but, I mean, you could look at a lot of defensive numbers and make an argument that he's either the best or one of the best defensive catchers in baseball. Um, He's a zero maintenance guy. He's a you know good, well respected veteran around the game. Somebody really could use a stable catcher. Um, you could do a lot worse than Hedges. So I could see. I'm going to say three guys go, Paul. If you make me pick, and I, I, at this point, probably go Santana, Hill, and Hedges. Okay. If somebody called and offered, you know, um, you know, if somebody called and offered very little, but whatever for Connor Joe, would they do that deal? Just to move yeah. on. Right? Yeah, I think they would. Yeah, I think they would. I mean, it, there's just not a clear path for him here. Like, I don't, I don't see where he fits. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know if anybody would be knocking down the Pirates' door to get a guy who's hitting 230 with like a seven and change OPS. But yeah, I don't think that they would object to trading him either. So you don't have, uh, you don't, you don't, you don't get the sense that uh, Bednar or Keller could be gone. No, I, I don't think that's likely at all. I don't. Um, and the reason I feel that way is, one, I mean, those guys like being here. It would make sense for the Pirates to extend them. They like having them here, and they're two really good pitchers, and the Pirates need those. Um, secondarily, the Pirates went into this season thinking and expecting to make some progress. Um, I, I think they've fallen short of that, and I don't think that's going to sit well with the owner, the president, the general manager, the manager, anybody. And then, you know, and clearly the fan base is going to be agitated by that as well. And, you know, you could look very seriously at losing 95 to 100 games, and they're going to try to sell to their fans in the fifth year of a rebuild that we made progress. I don't know how you do that while trading away your best starting pitcher and your best and your, your closer, like two guys who were all-stars. That just sends the completely wrong message. I, again, I don't think that's what's going to happen. The only outlier, and why I'd, I'd never say never, is if somebody gets stupid and makes them a crazy offer. That won't happen for Keller, but if somebody really wants Bednar, I mean, if they offer 
two top 100 prospects, one in the top 50, something insane like that. I mean, of course, Charrington's going to listen, and, and maybe he should do it if it's a crazy package. But anything short of that, no way. Yeah. Well, I, I think we'll have to see. Um, to me, what maybe there would be – maybe if someone's willing to offer them a crazy package, they, they could look into it. But uh, I think this is going to be a relatively quiet trade deadline for the Pirates. And I think that may be a sign that they are actually, despite their record, turning turning the turning the corner a little bit. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I mean, I I do think they're in a better spot. I think they're turning the corner. But you say stuff like that, you just have to be a little careful because I mean, it hasn't translated to major league results lately. What what do you mean? You think it'll be a quiet deadline? You think they won't move I on? Mean, some guys? Yeah, I think they'll move. I mean, they'll move a few of those guys that you talked about, those three, but that's kind of, you know what I mean? There won't be, yeah, there won't be like, you know, one of the bigger moves that people have talked about, you know, Keller or uh, Bednar or anybody else. So to me, that's a pretty good sign that things are, are trending in the right direction for the Pirates, that they yeah. are starting to find a little bit of stability with their roster. Yeah, I agree with that. I would agree with that. And you know, I look, these moves were designed to happen this way. That's what that's why they signed these guys. I mean, you know, sure. I guess if you sign Hill and Santana and you wind up making a playoff push and these guys are here for the stretch and there's all kinds of excitement, like that's the best case scenario, but you know, I I think they were pretty realistic going into this and realized you'd probably be flipping them. And I I think they should be somewhat fortunate or happy with how these guys have performed. Like, I do think they have trade value. I don't think there's a ton, and I don't think they thought that going in. But, you know, you're, we're seeing underneath all of that some pretty neat growth with young kids coming up here and contributing. And even if people don't know who they are, that's okay. I mean, over, over time, they should improve and get a little bit better and work on some things and win more games, and then people are going to start to notice what they're doing. And, and the, sort of the top of that whatever you want to call it, top layer is some of these veterans that they're going to ship out and hopefully get something back. I just, I don't see the value. I don't understand that. I know this is like a common misconception among fans about keeping Rich Hill for the innings he can provide, keeping Carlos Santana for the leadership he can give them. Like it hasn't been great so far. Nothing against <laughs> those guys individually. It's just like, what are we clinging to here? And if they have value externally, you might as well capitalize on that. Yeah, exactly. Well, uh, Jason, I know you're uh, trying to get out of town and get out of Dodge and all that good stuff, so we'll see you back at the ballpark this weekend. All right, buddy. Thanks, Paul. Have a good one. All right, thank you. That's Jason Mackey of the Post-Gazette. I'm Paul Zeiss. It's 93.7 The Fan. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or... I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with h track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. 
Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.